Good morning. My name's Nandor and I'll be reading the Bible today. Uh, I'm reading from Colossians chapter 3. I'll be reading the whole chapter, Colossians 3, starting at verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ with your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful... Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you and to win their favour, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong, and there is no favouritism. Good morning. Great to be with you again. I never thought that I'd be inviting the whole of the church to join me in my study, but that's where we find ourselves today, and I'm really glad to have you with me. Let me encourage you over the next 15 minutes or so to not be working out if you've read all the books on the shelf behind me, but rather just to listen along and to engage what I'm saying. I'd love you to open your Bibles and think through what I'm saying today. Many of you will have been uh, looking forward to hearing the next instalment from Paul Harrington in his series looking at the resurrection. Given the events of the last few days, I'm sure you'll be able to understand um, Paul Harrington's been very busy, and so uh, he has a lot on his plate, and so I thought today that I'd be the one to speak to you. And you know, I also really wanted to be the first person to give this 
fantastic new technology world. I'm going to ask you again just to bear with us as we learn how to do this. We're going to make some mistakes. We're going to get things wrong as we all adapt to living in a life of social distancing. Well, over the last couple of days, I've been thinking about what we might look at as a church today. And I've settled on having a look at the letter to the church in Colossae. I thought we'd actually look at Colossians chapter 3. We looked at this passage as a church in our third week together, way back in February 2018. Been lots of changes since then, hasn't there? I thought we'd look at this letter today because I love the letter to the Colossian church. It just paints this glorious picture of who Jesus is. In chapter 1, which is going to come up on the screen behind me for you to follow along, in chapter 1, verse 15, we read this. The Son, that's Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. What a glorious reminder about the supremacy and the power and the might of our God, Jesus. He rules. And today I want you to remember that. Paul, the writer of this letter, he goes on to say that it's Jesus whom he proclaims because Jesus is Lord. He's the one Paul follows. I hope he's the one that we're following today as well. And Paul's writing to a church in Colossae who seem to know this. In chapter 2, verse 5, Paul speaks of his delight at the faith and the discipline of the Colossian church. Now, I'm in no way Paul. I have no pretenses to be that. But I've been so encouraged by what's been happening at Unley over the past couple of years. It's been a delight to see the way in which we together have lived the life of faith and discipline and praise. I'm so thankful for the way in which you've partnered together to pray for others, to invite others to church, to join us as we together serve in ministry. Been so encouraged by the way in which you're caring for each other. As I look back over the last two years, I think that together we have grown to be more like Jesus. And that's what we're all about as a church. Helping others to come to know Jesus and growing more like him ourselves. That's such a great thing to be able to look back and reflect on. And I'm so thankful to all of you. Paul goes on to say to the Colossian church in verses 6 and 7 of chapter 2, and I think these are really pivotal verses for the letter as a whole. So follow along if you've got your Bibles open, or they will come up on the screen behind me. Paul says this, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Other translations put this verse in these sorts of words. They say, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in him. I wonder what you think it means to walk in Jesus. I think it's about being yoked or united or incorporated with Jesus. 
And I have this image of a pair of gumboots. They're Jesus' gumboots, and we're stepping into them with him also. You know, just like a pair of gumboots protect you from the mud, stepping into the boots of Jesus, well, that becomes a way in which our lives are protected and held by the king of the universe. And I want you to notice that this is an active call that Paul makes to the church in Colossae. Continue, continue to walk in him, continue to live your lives in him. It's an imperative for us today, something we need to keep thinking about. Of course, the coming months are going to be uncertain and none of us really know what life is going to be like. Some of us might get sick. Some of us might feel isolated and lonely. There are lots of changes coming. Now, here's the first encouragement for us today. Pull on the boots of Jesus and walk in him, follow him step by step. This might sound like good advice, but you may have a question. How? How do we do that? Well, I want us to turn to chapter 3 now just to have a look at some of the ideas about how we do this. See, Paul begins this passage with a reminder that we are in Christ. That's great for us to remember at this time. Let me just read to you the start of chapter 3. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So if you're feeling the pinch of loneliness already, here Paul lays out the reality for us. If you're walking in Jesus... You've already attained the new life. If you're walking with Jesus, you're already part of the people of God. You belong there. You're in. That's the objective reality. We're in. What does it mean to be in Christ? Well, Colossians tells us that we're created in him, through him and by him, that we're reconciled through him by his bloodshed on the cross. That in the physical death of his body, we're presented holy and without blemish. I hope you're beginning to see how important this idea of being in Jesus is. And Paul is saying to the Colossian church, and by extension to us, if you're walking in him, you're secure. You're part of God's people. And so whatever happens over the next few months, we can be sure of this. We are in, we're part of God's people. Don't you see the logic that Paul steps us through here? Paul says, we've already died. That happened in the past. With Jesus, we're now risen. That's our present reality. We've been risen with Jesus and we'll one day appear in glory. That's the future. That's where we're going. See, Paul's already laid out the, the now and not yet dimension of the Christian life. We've died to the old way of life and we've been raised to the new way. And so we wait for Jesus to return. Then we'll be made perfect in every way. But in the meantime, we need to live in a broken world. That feels pretty broken at the moment, doesn't it? We've got climate change issues. 
We've had bushfire issues and now we're facing a, a global health issue and our world really feels broken. How do we as Christians live in a broken world? Well, chapter 3 of Colossians gives us two instructions. It says, firstly, put off the old self with its shortcomings and its failures. And secondly, put on the new self, the new self that is the clothes of Jesus. In verses 5 to 10 of chapter 3, we see these instructions about putting off the old self. The words will be on the screen behind me in just a sec. It says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Many of you might know the story of Eustace from C.S. Lewis's The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. If you don't know it, it's a great book, especially if you've got kids in your house. Order a copy. It's a great thing to read with the kids. In the story of The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, there's a boy called Eustace. He's not a particularly nice boy. And in a moment of greed, he becomes a dragon. He's transformed into a literal dragon. And as a dragon, he's able to see what he's really like, not just scaly and bumpy and warty on the outside, but also like that on the inside. He's not a nice boy. And in the voyage of the Dawn Treader, it's Aslan, the lion, the Jesus figure in the story that eventually strips off Eustace's dragon skin. He's transformed into a new boy. We need help with this too. All of us have a bit of a dragon skin. Maybe we've all seen that we have a tendency to greed. I wonder how many rolls of toilet paper you've got in your house right now. But Paul's encouragement for us is this. Those who walk with Jesus, we need to put to death those things. Kill them off. Greed and evil desires and impurity and lust and idolatry. But you know, by putting them off, we're not left naked. Because we clothe ourselves with Jesus' clothes. And as we do that, I'd like you to think about these clothes as being a bit like the uniform of those who belong to Jesus. Let me read on. We're going to look at verse 12 of Colossians chapter 3. Now, this is what it says about clothing ourselves. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Clothes are important, aren't they? Without them, well, without them, we're naked. And so having had our old dragon skin ripped off us, God then clothes us. He gives us new clothes to put on and they are these clothes, compassion, and kindness, and humility, and gentleness, and patience. Now, clothes have a number of functions, don't they? Firstly, they cover our nakedness. They they keep us warm. They give us a sense of identity and association. That's this identity and association that I want you to think about for a moment. You see, if I was to put these clothes on, these ones here, you'd immediately know who I was, wouldn't you? You'd know that I like scouting. You'd think, these clothes tell you a bit about me, that I like camping, that I like making bonfires, that I like cooking outdoors. They'll tell you that I'm likely to have a pocket knife in my pocket at all times. I think it's no different in the book of Colossians. 
the clothes which God dresses us with are clothes that identify us as those who are with Christ in him. They identify us as people of the age to come. They are the clothes which group us with Jesus and the kingdom which he's ushering in. That means that as a church, we should be distinguished by our dress. Now, I realise that there are plenty of churches where that's literally the case. And I'm not asking you to go out and buy some cardigans or some socks to wear with your sandals. But I do hope and pray that as a church, we'd be distinguished as those who wear the clothes that Paul speaks of. Compassion and kindness and humility and patience and gentleness. And I pray that we would be a place of love. We're going to need that over the coming months as we gather while maintaining social distancing. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard work just staying connected. You know, and just like when you put on extra layers of clothes, when the weather gets cold and nasty, I think we're going to need to put on extra layers of compassion and patience and love and kindness and generosity. What sort of a church should we be during a time of social distancing? I hope we're a church distinguished by these heavenly clothes. I hope that we're known for our love and our compassion and our kindness and our gentleness. Paul finishes this section with some instructions about what it is that we as a church should do and should be. And you'll see those in verse 16. You know, I think these instructions are critical for us today. How we enact and live them out, though, that's a a bit of another question for us. We're still figuring out how we'll do these things that are mentioned in verses 16 and 17. I want to encourage you to bear with us as we work out how to do that. But I want you to remind you that these things are also important for us to do as a church. I'm going to finish by reading these verses to you now. I'm reading from verse 16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We're going to have to work out how to do those things together. I'm going to pray for us that we'd be a church that lives this out, even as we distance ourselves. Father God, we thank you for your Son, our Lord Jesus. We thank you for his glory and power and might. We thank you that he stripped our old dragon skin off and clothed us with the clothes of heaven. In these times of social isolation, may we be a place where the message of Christ dwells richly among us. Help us to work out how we do that. Help us to care for one another and encourage each other. Father, we remember that you sent Jesus to rescue us from the dominion of darkness and you've brought us into the kingdom of the Son you love. We give you thanks that we are secure in your family. Amen.